0: Gilly, it's time for the RGGEDU podcast, where House Martin and House Grimm drink hot mulled wine with your favourite photographers. I've never heard of those houses. They must not be a very reputable lot. This podcast is brought to you by Sekonic, where being a professional means being consistent with your exposure, no matter the situation. Sekonic light meters not only help photographers and filmmakers get a in camera, to help them create a consistent style and save hours of post-production time, head to Siconic.com to learn more about their collection of time-saving tools and to see how they can help you become the professional you're meant to be. In this episode, we're joined with Viet Mac from
1: Mac House Productions. Also, unfortunately, Rob Grimm's still here. Oh. <laughs> Look at you giving me a uh, every, every five episodes, I got to, you know, throw you a Unfortunately, you shade. be lost without me, man. What come on. are you talking about? I'd <laughs> be way more efficient without you, yeah,
0: that's it. That's it.
1: But yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, your work is awesome. And I know uh, you know one of our employees, Sin. So uh, thank you for carving out some time this week to, to come by and meet some weird people. For our audience who
0: doesn't know you. Tell us about you. Who are you? What do you do? What's your style? Yeah,
2: thank you. I just want to say thank you guys for this opportunity and just being invited to something like this is, you know, that's that's inspiring for me, myself, and just the guys that I work with. So currently I am, I run a studio in Fremont. So I started a production studio and grew it from my bedroom to a smaller 800 square foot studio. And now we're at 8,000 square feet. And there's about 10 of us that all work there. And we just... You know, oh,
1: we, eight thousand square feet. That's What's a, that overhead like? Yeah, Man, yeah. is that scary <laughs> in the Bay Area as well? Yeah, so. <laughs> eight thousand square feet in the Bay Area. The hottest. That would real scare me in the, the Midwest.
2: Yeah, that's always been just you know knowing numbers and stuff. That's a scary thought. But when you don't think about it and just kind of focus on just you know every day doing what you want to do every day. That's that's our goal is just do what you love. And
0: so, what do you guys do? What's the focus of your production? So
2: years? currently, you know we we haven't. Like I started out as a photographer, I went to school, my background is just in medical, uh, molecular, cellular, and developmental biology actually. Wow. So I went to school to get into medical school. It's and as soon as I graduated, <laughs> I was like, you know, this is gonna cost so much more money to continue education oh, and yeah. going to be a doctor and so much more time invested. So I told myself I'd take the year off and and so I did and it became five, six years later and kind of built this company from knowing nothing, zero background. in film you know all the guys laugh at me I don't watch that many films myself I'm more kind of just interested
1: in just creating creating art so So what was it what happened that you said all right was there a defining aha moment where it's like I'm out I mean it kind of led up just
2: from being young and just more entrepreneurial like and just any opportunity I had to figure out how I can like make a little bit of money on the side like it kind of started with that and photography was kind of my outlet in that and finding doing a lot of events where I was getting paid to like meet people and just you know just meeting people and having a great time like who doesn't want to get paid to drink wine and eat sushi so that was one of my first clients they had paid me like every week we would go on these wait wait how
1: are are they paying you to drink wine and eat sushi exactly (laughs) at a wedding at a wedding event
2: they do a catering event so they would just host they partner with wineries and kind of invite me out to be the photographer and I would just get spoiled on these jobs meet awesome people drinking on the job all right so that was kind of the starting points of it that was one of the great moments and just events i think meeting people that's you know when you go to an event when when you take a picture of someone it's just they're that much more you know willing to engage with you they want to connect with you and when you follow up that's how you build that relationship so
0: that's kind of the starts to
2: what i was doing how'd
0: you make the transition from shooting stills to, to doing motion work i think just seeing back Back
2: in the earlier days with the Canon, the 5D, seeing that and just like dreaming, wow, like I wish I could afford this camera. I would see, you know, all the guys like Philip Bloom and Vincent, all -hmm. these guys doing their blogs and videos. And it was just an incredible camera that was able, you can change the focus manually. That was really, you know, captured my attention. And at the time I can only afford the 7D. But it was cool because at that time, if you guys are familiar with those cameras, um, it shot slow-mo. So that was kind of like the wow factor. You know, your
1: episodes are going to be a few episodes before both of those people you just mentioned. Okay. So that's cool. Yeah,
2: (laughs) that was kind of, you know, the early days of like seeing how, how easy it was to create video and create content just, you know, with... A simple camera like that, a sales camera that like no one, every you know, people still think you're taking fi- pictures when you use them.
1: So, w- what was the hardest part? And still, what is the hardest part of you just your daily grind of, of, of making it? The hardest part currently,
2: I would say the hardest part is just finding help and saying no to jobs.
1: You oh, know?
0: saying no to jobs,
1: yeah. yeah
2: that's that's a- so, what are the jobs question.
0: you're saying no to and why?
1: Um,
2: I try, I actually didn't say no and I probably should have, but it's we, we got really lucky, and so ESPN is one of our bigger clients, they're probably, last year they were about a quarter of the work that we do. Um, and so, yeah, just, you know, every opportunity is just like, it's not just that one job, you know, it's the relationship that you build with that producer for 10, 20, 30, who knows how many other jobs. Yeah. And so saying no to that one is, that, you know, it's not, it's like I said, it's not about the money, it's not about that day, it's about the relationship
0: that you can end up building with that person. Are you building most of your relationships with producers at these companies? So that's how we
2: got really lucky. We got brought on with a producer at ESPN about a year and a half ago and just created, you know, we worked really hard. And a lot of times they'll contact you 24 or 40 hours before. And we just lucked out and, you know, put together everything, shot this amazing piece with g if you know, the rapper. Yeah, we saw that. So that was one of the pieces that got a lot of attention at ESPN. And so from that point, they showed it to like all the producers on the floor, and just you know, soon after we we're just getting calls, and every week I feel like we're getting one or two new
0: producers from. That was the piece with the with the Warriors, right? Yeah, Homest- hometown boy Jeezy coming. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, tell us about that project. Like, what what was it like to create that?
2: So, luckily, I have a lot of awesome. I have a lot of awesome guys that work with me that I've brought on, and you know. We're we're a young company and just figuring out everyone's roles and stuff. We kind of do multiple things. So. Were they
0: starstruck when G-Eazy came out? <laughs>
2: uh I I don't know if they were. I rarely am because just because I don't know who yeah. these people are. I'm just so caught up in my world of like creating and like I don't know who any artist
1: celebrity. Are, I'm terrible at it, but
2: that's I think the you.
1: process was. You're also not a 13 year old girl, and like that's the G-Eazy audience. <laughs> <laughs> no, it really is. <laughs> But, yeah, I would say you know the what I think what they loved about us and
2: what a lot of producers love about us is that we have our in house team that we we can do anything you know, like tell us what you want what your vision yeah. is. We're gonna hustle and do whatever it takes to make that happen, and so that's that's why I think a lot of the producers we kind of take the load off of what they have
0: to do as well. Who's on your team? you got eight people working for you? who do you have
2: so we have me uh you know the whole team of Justin, I can name them all if you want me to name them. Oh, I'm just like I'm the type sure of roles. So we're kind of establishing the roles. We have Mered, um, who she kind of helps run everything. She's in charge of kind of managing everyone and making sure, you know, we all know what where we're supposed to be. I like to be told where I'm at. You know, I can't keep track of like yeah, yeah, I'm the all, same all way. these things. So we have that. And then we have Justin, who kind of is, he's like me. We're able to do everything, you know, shoot, edit. We know all about the gear. And then we have Hector right here who is doing our – I met him. He was a gaffer on a shoot, and so I brought him on to be our social media guy as well. Just, you know, we're able to do – you know, we're not shooting every single day where we need a gaffer, but he, he also helps us with the social media and helps mm-hmm. build that. And we have Deep over here who, you know, he, he produces, you know, he kills it. And so having the producers, that's the most important part
0: too is just knowing – that you have solid people to rely on. Yeah, producers are so big. So, so. you're doing your own post-production, you're doing color so grading and do. Everything? We
2: do everything in-house. Oh, that's
1: so
0: much
2: work.
1: Well, I mean, that's the exact same. I, I I share, I think, a lot of probably your guys' pain with a lot of people doing a lot of things because we're the exact same way. Like, we bootstrapped this whole thing from the very beginning. And it was like, first, it started with me and Rob doing everything from shooting to editing to promoting. And then slowly, like as it, you know, the momentum starts building and so rewarding because you can start adding all these people. But when you like add the people, you're like, all right, shit, what's their job role? (laughs) Exactly. So What what are all the things you're going to do? That was like
2: the biggest challenge for me. I know we need all this help. We know we we definitely need help. But the thing is, I like to bring people on and be like, hey, tell me what it is that you want to do. Like, come check out my operation. This is how we work. Tell me where you fit in, what you want to do and what you want to own as, you know, yeah, I want people to love what they're doing. So right. I, that's why I kind take of take ownership and feel Exactly. Part of it. So that's that's kind of the goal is to get everyone to be a part of the team that really loves what they want you know, you want to be here. Like if you don't want to be here, don't come in. Let's back so, up a
0: little bit. How did how did you start um getting jobs doing motion? You know, you had the DSLR. You had, you had still clients. How did you start to convince those people or did you find a whole new set of clients to actually build your your motion I've, business?
2: You know, I I've, I've never reached out to
0: anybody i don't think to like pitch them a
2: project or like it's all been word of mouth and people come to us for work which has been awesome but at the same time i feel like we're getting to a point to where hey let's start pitching projects that we want to do and what we want to focus on doing um but i would say i think i was just shooting i was just shooting videos for fun one of the first videos i shot was here actually i think it was during nab and one of my friends i was with had a Um, a nice Canon, the 5D, and I was just going around shooting. That's one of my very first videos, and kind of just taught myself how to how to
0: shoot and edit. And what are the things you want to shoot now? When you're talking about, we should go after some some projects that you what What do you want to do? Yeah, so that's a good question.
2: Last last week, we got to shoot this awesome McLaren, this custom with a custom kit on it, and we had these camera cars rigged up, and cranes, and all these drones and toys, and you know, like who, you know, who's not smiling on set when you're getting, you know, we got paid a little bit of money to, yeah. to help do it, not paid just to get it funded, you know. But who who doesn't want to be playing around with toys? And, you know, that's the dream, I think, is just playing, doing creative commercials is our current goal. Just anything that's, you know, different, that's, I think, the hardest, like, now that we have all the toys, it's, like, focus on
0: the story, Right, you know that's all that really matters at the end of the day, right? Absolutely, it's all about storytelling. So, it doesn't really matter about the gear so much. It's it's the story that you're telling. But now that you have all the toys, what what are you shooting with? What's your exactly. gear? Exactly.
2: So I, I think that's the biggest mistake that a lot of people make coming into it is just they get caught up in all the gear. Right. And you know, it's it's fun to get into it, but I think it's simple when you just have like a simple device right. like your iPhone. Like I, we recently got contracted um, by ESPN to do a shoot just purely on iPhone. So I thought that was that was pretty cool for them to do something like that.
1: Do you think that's where it's, where it's heading? Like we're just going to go to like the smallest little mobile camera that can do everything. Is that scary?
2: In my my mind, I I think that's awesome. You know, I I think that's awesome that everyone has the tool because a lot of people will come at, come to you and be like, Hey, like what camera should I shoot on? What should I buy next? I'm like, Hey, it's the camera that you already have in your pocket. Like watch this awesome, like shot I can just get right now with it. And I think that's, I think that's where it's headed. And I think that's, you know, as the t- I don't
0: think you can go better. completely mobile, though because there, you know, no camera. Well, is with that perfect. attitude, no Rob. Definitely not with that attitude. There's no perfect camera. You know, I mean, you want you want to be able to, <laughs> but everything's getting ones so small. Do so many different. Well, yeah, but it depends uh, what you're all right, all right. trying so to do. Right? different looks. So, so, right? so here's what I'm talking
1: about. It's not necessarily for like uh, cinema in terms of like features, right? It's right. it's the work that you're getting hired for that is for like the daily consumption of like like 10, 15 second videos. Like companies have budgets for that, but where does that, I mean.
0: Yeah, they have budgets for that, but they don't have budgets for that with huge cameras and big big outfits. So yeah, absolutely there. It's totally applicable to have something that's smaller and very mobile and you can just kind of cruise around, get the content and go because it is a fast consumption right yeah. 15 seconds boom it's up for yeah, you can maybe it on your maybe phone. a month and then boom it's gone yeah you
1: know? i mean cuz usually like all right so the, there's a photo budget and when it turns to video usually just like add a zero because you need so much gear mm-hmm. but like the crazy thing is zeros. like <laughs> when you there are two zeros when you walk around NAB and like you're seeing all of this stuff that is allowing you like the, the gimbals for example oh my with God. all the movies yeah. and like the, now the movie pro xl now right. there's the DJI to, how many different gimbals did we see today? But that allows you to do so much stuff like crane work if you get creative it, it on does, how use the it. does at the same
2: time, but then it also slows you down, you know, having oh, all these so. toys. Just, for example, with the shoot that we did last week, you know, you're spending hours prepping and getting these things up when you could be shooting. Right. You know, and what I think, the you know, NAB is, is, is awesome. It's just overwhelming with the toys. And I think for me, yeah. I'm trying to go and just kind of learn more about the story. Like the storytelling aspects and hearing what these filmmakers are saying, and what they're sharing, I think that it's just they're just so focused on the gear. Like, hey, let's hear more of these talks and more of what people are sharing.
0: Right? Can you define your sense of style when it comes to storytelling, or are you more of a chameleon, really understanding what the client needs and kind of adjusting? Right? Uh, do you do you have a set style in your own mind? Like, if you have to define yourself as a creator, I like
2: to be keeping you know our style just very clean. I I like simple simple things. Having the shots be Kind of straight, you know, lines straight, everything just kind of clean and perpendicular and just squared up. Yeah, it's kind of what I I typically try to lean towards. Not all the time. Sometimes you have to go outside of that, but I like to yeah. keep things in a cinematic motion
0: like that. I am curious what kind of what kind of gear are you using now? To so currently it's we not have about the gear, Rob. Come <laughs> on, I just said I'm curious. <laughs> I didn't say it's about it. <laughs> it's you can pretty, tell we give pretty, each other a uh, lot of trouble. Uh, yeah. I, I of a shoot a lot team. on
2: r- the Red cameras. Is what we we shoot with, all right? Um, I've done a, some documentary work with it. So a lot of people would say that's probably the worst camera too, but <laughs> you know, it looks it's, great. It's and a lot of footage.
1: It's a lot of footage. So, well, yeah, yeah, what do you what do you do with all? If you're shooting with a red, because that's something that we are always looking at. It's like, all right, what format are we shooting on, and what does that equate to for storage? Because then I know that storage then gets uh, triplicated, oh and it's out exactly. there in, in in two areas. So your storage gets times by three. So that's something you always like. It could be the best camera ever and you can be able to afford it, but you're if you staying can't afford the storage, yeah. <laughs> then you're kind of screwed.
2: You're staying up late, dumping data every every time, you know, but I think it's it's worth it for, worth it in the, at the end of the day, just being able to the see the footage product. like that. Yeah, and the storage is it's so cheap now that you you build a client for it and, you know, it's it's a small,
0: small amount of, compared yeah. to what you're getting. So. so you think those files give you the most creative control? the the files yeah the red coming out of red you you like that control i've been kind of used to
2: it and just kind of learning how to expose properly with them and just but not you know they're changing all their cameras and the technology is changing so quick now that it's it's hard to keep up with even being a red owner and seeing the new we shot yeah. on it two weeks ago and it's just a little more complicated there's all these controls now yeah. you know things are getting a lot more complicated if you don't keep up with the trends and i'm just wondering what these older like you know, it must be so frightening for the guys that don't even own Reds. Yeah.
0: You know, but it's. it's yeah, I think the business is is intimidating in that sense. You know, the, the cameras like the Red. A lot of people aspire for it, but it's at the same time, it's a that's a big hurdle.
1: Yeah, it's a huge hurdle. Yeah. I, I honestly like I love everything that Red does, but just thinking oh, on a three so or four sexy. camera setup that we do, I'm just like I I just for the storage alone, I'm gonna have a mini heart attack because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> i mean we're filming like 12 hour days for two days two weeks straight two weeks straight yeah a little well, ridiculous all right let's 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 talk a little bit about post i'm curious are you are you cutting a lot of this together do you rely on someone else so for me it
2: kind of goes back to like photography days and just being able to like get in the dark room you know for me sitting down and i, I get pretty excited after i shoot and so most of the time whenever i'm shooting something i'm excited about and stoked on i'm Instead of looking at the footage that day, I just pop it in, you know, and start editing. So I love doing same-day edits and, like, just seeing that footage right away. When it's fresh in your mind, you just shot it. And so I'm pretty bad at just staying up real late and just going through all the footage. Because it's a waste of time to, like, look at the footage, and then that's it. You know, it's like you might as well get in there and cut it. So, so what are you using
1: to, to cut?
2: So we can use Premiere. So, all the footage just drops in there seamlessly. I can edit on my laptop. And
1: Did you start on Premiere? Did you start on Final Cut? You I the actually
2: started on Final Cut. So, we can use oh. Premiere with Final Cut shortcuts, and the whole office does.
1: Use so. Premiere with Final, Final Cut, Cut shortcuts. shortcuts. What does that mean? Just because a
2: lot of us learn
1: on Final Cut. Oh, you and can so customize you, you the can shortcuts. You can set your own shortcut keys. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So, that makes sense. Our, our editors are divided. There's one that uses Final Cut oh, no. and won't leave because he can't. We stole him from Apple. And he won't leave, he taught at Apple. And like, he he describes Premiere in a funny way. He's like, all right, Premiere, if you're a technician and you're good with, uh, you know, understanding like the backbone of, I don't know how it, like how he describes, but he's like, when you get to Final Cut, it's like, you just have all these shortcuts and uh, you can just easily like plug and play and you don't have to worry about like the technical side of it. You can just throw it all in there and go. Because like, I I always find it funny. We always ask like, Premiere, Final Cut. And like, why is everyone hating on Final Cut? A lot of people like hate on it but don't have like a really foundational answer, substantial answer.
2: I think it was, it was on one, with it. that new, was it Final Cut X or something like that, where they've kind of dumbed it down and just made it like iMovie. And so I think that's what gained, in my, at least in my mind. So you're coming from it.
1: 7 yeah, to Premiere. Yeah, exactly. a lot of people were like, all right, that, that's very similar when you're going from 7. But Final Cut at X, 10, is more of a iMovie. movie. It, yeah, it's exactly. an iMovie, yeah. It's an upgrade from iMovie. I find it funny that Apple doesn't have any sort of Final Cut booth at these events. What do you think that is?
0: Because <laughs> I don't think they're gearing towards the pro market that much. But, I mean, Final Cut Pro. What are you talking about? Yeah, I know. But don't, don't you think Apple has always had... A, a huge part of their appeal is just people that have some cash, you know? I don't get it.
1: Like, honestly, I'm so annoyed with Apple. It It just... It really grinds my gears. Right? I know. You know, I know. Yeah, we, we, <laughs> bought, we bought all the
2: new MacBooks for the office and returned all of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, so, so why did you return yeah, all of them? What happened there? It was terrible. We Well, one of the first things is you got to get dongles for everything. Right.
0: Bad, um, bad
2: idea. But besides that, it was just rendering the screen. I have uh, video screenshots of it. All the machines, when we were rendering or just even editing, they just started flickering pink and all freak out. All, so three all,
0: in all three of them. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, they couldn't handle the what? files, and they just flipped out,
2: yeah, just rendering, transcoding, even editing, so yeah, it's Macbook pro um, I think they fixed the it. It. they fixed it now, they said, but we emailed the engineers
0: and all that, and were they responsive?
2: yeah, one of the guys was pretty re- responsive with them, and then I met another guy at a networking event, and he was like, just send me send me the files, like we want to be able to see like replicate this so they can fix it and then they I think they fixed it a few months ago,
1: I think that and do you think the the engineers are no longer in in, uh, in charge of developing. It's more of the marketing. Everything's mobile.
2: Like, wouldn't you think that they would have tested this, like internally, right? before they
1: yeah.
0: put it out? You would hope. Yeah, that would that would be a wise business decision to actually yeah. test a product before you put it out in the world to make sure it works.
1: Yeah, and part of the yeah. reason I'm I'm always, I, I mean, I love Apple. I'll never go to a PC, right? You say that. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going to. You like, say I, that. I think the software, you I think your the, head. the Come software on. and the experience of, uh, you know why? You know why it is? It's the hot corners. The hot <laughs> corners. Oh, oh, I'm addicted. I need to get yeah. to the desktop so quickly. I'm like, bam, top right corner, desktop. Watch this, Rob. I know it drives you. Bam. I I look at that. everything. You know I, I, I live about. off the desktop. I hate it. I throw all my shit on the desk. I'm so I, unorganized. I hate hot corners. Yeah, I know. Turn them off. I I love seeing you get all worked up about our people get pretty frustrated. <laughs> I can't find it.
0: Yeah. ridiculous. But my brain doesn't work that way. It's just not wired that way. Yeah, I know. That's okay. I know. All right, enough of jabbering about it. <laughs> let's get back to Vietnam. Yeah. What are you just doing? So where do you want to go? Where do you want to take this now that you've you've built this nice body of work? What do you want to do?
2: Yeah, that's a, a very good question to think about. Um we you know we're currently just been so caught up in just doing all these gigs that are thrown at us like hey let's figure out how to make the next project something that we're stoked on something we want to be proud of and I think just working towards that and starting to pitch clients and like building out an k- awesome concept that we want to do and just you know reach out to three people and hopefully one of them is going to say yes you know and just create that ideal project that you want to do with I like collaborating and bringing on people and working working together with other people. How so. are
1: you pitching clients? Are you doing any of this in person? Is so we haven't. On the phone. We don't yeah, pitch just, clients. They're all coming to him. All of them. Yeah, it's a good problem to have. So you, you you haven't reached out. You've never gone into an agency, sat down, one showed time, your portfolio. No, never.
2: I don't. Know. One time I did reach out. It was for uh, we were doing a workshop for the youth in San Jose, where, um, the city that we're from. Mm. Um, and I was just talking to one of the producers that was helping me with it, and I was like, hey, like. We need some props, right? some donuts. And so I was just kind of showing them, like, hey, how easy it is to get people to collaborate with you and really wanted to share this with story with other people. of Just like, hey, you know, you just pick up that phone, call them, tell them what you're doing, and, you know, most likely they're going to say yes. And they just gave us some donuts. That was the only pitch that we had. <laughs> he got free donuts. Free donuts. <laughs> Were they <laughs> donuts for the or donut holes? Donuts for, the, for props.
1: <laughs> Why actually. do you think they don't make pie holes? <laughs> Think about it. Think about it. But, we were, we had this conversation. We have a whole thing of donut, donut holes. are do not work. Why don't they make pie holes? It'd be the first perfect thing. No, you. shut your pie hole. No, here's th- a pie th- hole. Th- think your about
0: it. Let's think about the construction of a donut hole. It's round and it's you can grab it. You can't it, make a pie hole round. Pop, no, you don't think, think we have the technology to have, make a pie hole gonna round? You're going to have a bottom layer. You're going to have filling, and then you're going to have a top layer. Easy. And there's nothing holding it together, so it's going to be all sliding and mushy. It's a mess. Think about it. There's crust all the way around. All the, like then all that's that a delicious pie pocket. Flavor. that's not a hole.
1: Why <laughs> call it a pie pocket? That's even better. <laughs>
0: it's more substantial a pie. <laughs> ball, but it's not a pipe. It's not a pie <laughs> hole.
1: I don't care what Call it is, call. Whatever you want, pie hole is going to be better for marketing. You see how easily we digress. Yeah. I mean, we just <laughs> we just can tank in no time at all. Yeah, it, going nowhere. Uh, yeah, Funny. I can I,
2: take it back though. Um, so yeah, p- we were talking about pitching people, and yeah, I we don't pitch anyone and. Most of the time we'll kinda of put together just nice proposals for clients that come out and reach to us. So that's yeah. kind of like the form of pitching that we have is like, Hey, we we know we want a video, we don't know what we need. Let's create something.
1: So when you put together a budget, how often do they come back and be like, Can you work with us on price? Do you do you stand by your by your cost? Or do you sometimes work with people to to, We've been to get the job?
2: Having having the problem of being, you know, so busy is that you're able to raise the rates and hope that you know, a lot of times we'll do that. We'll we'll increase the rates and in hopes of them saying no and And they they say say yes yes. (laughs) and so and then you're like shit we gotta hire
1: a bunch more people (laughs) exactly
2: so that that's our biggest struggle right now is just finding more help that is reliable and that is you know believes in what you want to create and not just being there for the day of the shoot but just being there for life you know
1: so once you've kind of run out of all your friends who do you know list how do you (laughs) find people to to come on board
2: What's awesome is you know Facebook and they have all these groups and I actually just posted three days ago looking for DP camera ops and ACs and I got about thirty people um, sending me their por- por- portfolios, reels, and all that stuff. So yeah, it's just a great list to kind of go
1: through. I think if it wasn't for groups on Facebook, it'd be completely waste of time. Right? <laughs> I mean, for the most part, like I mean, we advertise a lot on there and that's that's effective. But like the groups is where it's at because it's like that unfiltered. Everyone there is like, all right, we have one common thing we want to talk about. Right. And there's no ads. No exactly. ads. Zero. Yeah, exactly and we,
2: zero. we use Facebook a lot for when we travel and do gigs and we look for help. And just that's just a great way for us to kind of get into that network wherever we go.
0: How much are you guys on the road? Are you working a lot locally or are you hitting the road with us too?
2: We, do, we probably travel, I would say, maybe four or five times a month at least. That's
0: a good amount. Anywhere cool? Where's the craziest place you've been?
2: The craziest place. I went to this little island in Greece one time, this island called Ikaria. Mm-hmm. It's an island where people live um, to 100 more likely than anywhere else in the world. So, one of the Seriously, blue zones. why?
1: What's so, cool? I had met
2: um, Euros,
1: Rob. Euros. You eat Euros all day long. You're going to live a long. I, I don't think that's true. If, yeah, you're, if you're eating tzatziki sauce? I was, was going
0: to say, if you're eating lamb and tzatziki, I don't know if that's going to get you to know, 100. Why wouldn't it? I don't know. It just doesn't it's seem the like wine. The, the light. The oh, right. it's the wine. yeah. There's, well,
2: there's 10, 10 things if you watch the show that we have, it's unreleased, but I'll send you guys a private link. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> but yeah, the you know, it was like the goats, the honey,
1: the wine, and oh, just yeah, the, the lifestyle
2: honey. of not right. being stressed and they just they do what they want to do there and they don't they don't look at the clock. They just
1: Yeah, they, they kinda of stopped innovating after the salad they're like, Well, <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> after the salad, yeah, that was the last what, what major is, what is, innovation. What has in Greece. Greece done since the salad? Not much. They put together some feta and some kalamatas and some lettuce, and boom, yeah. a Greek salad. I mean, they came
1: up with math.
0: Oh, yeah, right.
1: Yeah,
0: a lot I mean, of math came out of philosophy. They're like philosophy salad. Boom, done. No euro. When did the was the euro before or after the salad? That's I don't a, know. <laughs> that's a big. Question. Or is it a gyro, as they say? Mm, it depends on where you're from. <laughs> <laughs> It's all syntax. Yeah. So do you do much writing? Are you writing a lot with these concepts? I don't don't know how to
2: write, man. No? I'm very visual. I can barely read. (laughs) I've
0: read a few books and, you know,
2: I just, I'm so visually engaged in things and that's kind of how I was built. You have
1: to be in this business. So you mentioned, you, you don't know who, like, a lot of, like, you know, big names are and you're like, yeah, I just, I don't pay attention to that. Where are you getting inspiration from to be creative? Like, what inspired you?
2: Um, that's a great question. What inspires me to be creative? Besides what, what, Greek salad. All right. So all right, here's a, here's
1: a, here's a question. Like, what do you do if you're not doing that? Like, do you have another, like kind of out that you do, like uh, another hobby? Cause, you know,
2: I, I just love like, Doing what we're, like, what we're doing is like a video game, you know? Like, that second that I'm not doing something towards the business, I'm not getting to that next level. Like, every second of the day, I could be doing something to get us to that next step, and it's it's What is the next
1: level? The next level? level, What do you think the next level is? You know, it's
2: endless, but just recently, we had had these two other young filmmakers from Chicago come out um, for a one-week boot camp, we called it. So there are other filmmakers in Chicago that we met, and we flew them out and pretty much had an intense one-week they stayed they stayed with me um, at our house came to work they did that's everything cool. that i did for that entire working with the team so we kind of paired them up with different guys throughout the week and to me that was just inspiring to seeing how thankful how happy they were and just how they can take their their work to the next level and they learned every you know we kind of took them from the beginning stages of pre-production how to do budgets how like everything
0: that i've learned in the past that's you know. awesome so you're going to keep doing these boot camps and bring more people Yeah they it?
2: i think that to me, I think that's kind of the goal is doing more of these workshops and we have an awesome space and studio. So we have networking events and we, like for me, I think that's kind of the next step is to show people how to, how easy it is to create stuff. And, and the, the, this is different because I have no real educational background on it. So I'm just kind of winging it. Like, I don't know what (laughs) I've been doing. I don't know all these technical things that everyone's always talking about.
0: You know, this is you like more by feel. Exactly. It's like you're a cook who, who looks in the pantry and just sees something. Yeah. And, so and I, cooks I think having,
2: we, we currently have the studio that we are deciding if we should buy or not in the next few days. Um, oh, so that's wow. a pretty big investment. That's a big um, decision. Yeah. So we have that. And then, yeah, just knowing, Why? you know, how, <laughs> like with the boys that came from Chicago, like how we could easily, like, I could go set up another Mac house in any city, you know, I think that just having the people to help run it and, you know, because yeah, for them, they have, they have to build up their brand, they have to build up their name, but it's like, hey, I can go to another city and I think I could easily just get in there and
0: get work. So it's interesting you say it's so easy to create content. There's so many different ways to do it, but I think a lot of people are intimidated by it and there are a lot of barriers. What do you think holds people back from getting into this business? What And what are the challenges you see people coming in? I think people, I think people are facing? just scared, you know, people
2: are scared. A lot of people don't, they don't know what they want to do. They don't know how. How to do it in a way, and I think just just getting people to really step out of their comfort zone and just do it. Like you know, you have a phone, go shoot something, or like you even people that have cameras, they're scared to do something. It's like, hey, just get out there and start shooting something. Just shoot something for yourself and see where it goes. Right. But but I think yeah, the, for the most part, people just they, I think that it might be scared of creating
0: content. Yeah, or like the, scared the, of like doing business something. is intimidating. There's no question. It's uh, it's a it feels like a giant uphill. I think for a lot of people.
1: So what are things now that you're doing that you think you could be doing better? Like what, what for you? Were like, is one. So thing right now
0: we're working on just
2: the, the whole flow of like start to finish on how, when one job comes in, how, how to streamline it, how to make it, you know, like so that I don't have to be there every, yeah. so that I can be, you know, working on another project and it's all just happening like fluid and everyone knows exactly what to do from start to finish. And it's the best possible way to run a production. So that's, our current goal right now is to figure out how to do that.
1: What do you What do you think the biggest lesson you've learned in the last, you know, six years is? <sighs> biggest lesson,
2: it is. I think you know, running a business like this is is challenging because you have to trust. You know, you have to have a lot of trust in people, and I think just knowing knowing that you can trust someone is management. Yeah, managing people and just letting people kind of do their own thing at the same time. So that's. I think that's a big, a big challenge. And
1: invest it? in craft services. Exactly. One thing I've learned. What does craft services look like? Uh, what, do you, what do you do there? Sour Patch Kids.
2: Um, <laughs>
1: yeah, keep the sugar flow going.
2: Sour Patch Kids. That's what we go so with. Just a, it's a huge that's on our Sour
1: list. Patch Kids. Coconut water and Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> Man, I don't think
0: I want to work on that side. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you lost me in Sour Patch Kids. Coconut water, I'm in, but Sour Patch I Kids. I can't are...
1: drink coconut water without just remembering a hangover. I, I had too many hangovers that with, with coconut water came into play. And yeah. So now now it's coconut wrong. water tastes like hangover. Yeah. Anyone else in the room? No. <laughs> am I alone here? I guess I'm alone here. Maybe you shouldn't be hungover. I got a so problem. Much. I guess I got a problem. <laughs> no, it was a college thing. You know? Like, I don't know. Yeah. So can I ask what
2: you guys, what your guys's goal with the RGG, and what does RGG stand for?
1: Robin oh. Gary's Great Education. Mm-hmm. We were you know three sheets in the wind one night and we're like yeah let's yeah, go right. with this <laughs> cool i don't know like, you know our goal f- for me like I, i'm really interested in, in in people and like i consider myself at the heart a documentary filmmaker i love hearing your story i love hearing struggles i like knowing how you got to where you are wherever you are right so for me like you know when the the 5d came out actually right before that i was living in eastern europe and really wanted to make this documentary, but there was no resources online. This is, you know, better part of 11 years ago now. So there's nothing online. And that was like a huge frustration. So when I moved back to the United States after like struggling through like that whole process, I was always looking for a way to be like, you know, there needs to be something better. There needs to be something better. And it's like, for me, that's when like my business degree came in. It's was like, all right, there's a marketplace for that. Cause then like, then the 5D dropped, the 5D Mark II. And it was just, like, that explosion. And then, like, Vincent Lafaray is making, you know, that video. And it was like, oh, my God, you could do this with such a little camera. And then, like, so many creatives out there that didn't have an outlet picked up a camera and was like, holy holy shit. And then now, like, every single year, there's a new yeah. 5D Mark II that comes out.
0: Right, but That's like, also why I wanted to, to do this because I've been a commercial photographer for more than 25 years. And as cameras got better, photographers and videographers got worse. Because there's so many people entering the market that really didn't know what they were doing because the camera was so powerful. You know, you could turn it on, hit record, and you're getting a pretty good file. But so many people didn't know why. They didn't understand composition. They didn't understand lighting. Um, they were getting decent content. But that, in many ways, really tanked the world of commercial photography. And in some ways, some some of the motion stuff. It's come back. It's kind of leveled out. But for me, it's been such a rewarding career. I, w- I want to teach people... The best way to do things so they can elevate their game because as a whole we want to raise the the level of the business yeah uh, it's just so important that people in my mind it's so imp- important that people not only uh, get out there and push themselves and tell the right stories but they do it in a way that's honestly responsible to the business where they're not completely undercutting other people and dumbing down the, the the business so much by by educating clients that they can get something for nothing. Yeah. yeah. That's the I think I think that's
2: thing. the biggest thing that I try to teach a lot of the guys, even the got some of the guys that work with me and just yeah. anyone in general is like showing people the value of your work. Like, yeah, it's cool. Like if you're starting out to kind of do something for, you know, for free even, right. but it's like, hey, tell them what that's what that costs or what what the right. value of that is so that when that next time comes around, they're like, oh, you're not the guy that does it for free, but right. more so
0: you're this is the value yeah. that you're getting. You can't keep doing it for free. You're gonna be always known as the guy who does it for free. Exactly. So you have to understand the value of what you do. You have to understand how to reevaluate the value of what you do. Like you're talking about raising your prices, right? And you're like, really, in some ways you're using it to dissuade, but it also probably taught you that you are worth more than you thought you exactly.
2: were. Exactly, that's, the big, that's yeah. probably the biggest challenge with I think being a freelancer and like yep. doing something like that is how much, like how do you put a price on like, yeah. you know, your day shooting something is like, a lot of times, even right now, it's like like I would pay to go shoot something, but I'm getting paid to
0: do it. Even you right. know, so like, how do you right? How do you put a price on your time? Yeah, exactly, and it, it comes down to several things. One is your own experience, right? How, what you what level you're on, um, what you think you, you're worth, right. but you also have to understand your market. You have to understand your competition yeah. in the market, there, what they're getting. There's paid no and...
2: there's no resources to where I can go. I, I feel like I can't just go and like look it's something typical. and be like, hey, what's my what's the right. typical day rate for something? Like a lot of the stuff that we
0: do is so new, you know. Yeah, Right. Yeah, there aren't enough business resources for that, without question. It's just, it's not out there. Hey, did you see that?
1: You said without question. You sure got five did. points.
0: Sure did, baby. Or negative
1: five points. I don't know, <laughs> one or the other. No, I think going back to should you work for free, honestly, you know, it might just be me, but I think 2017 should be the year where we finally retire that question. I think it's now gotten to the point where it's like, all right, you. there's enough resources out there with enough really legitimate people answering that question. You know what I mean? Like, it's always good to hear it because it's always like the same answer when you hear it from someone that's been through it. Right. And it's always like that, you know, that question of like, oh, fuck, I don't know. Like, I've only been doing it for six months. Should I work for free? I think 2007 is the year we retired. Thoughts? Or should we just keep it
0: going? Well, it's one of those things. I think that um, everybody struggles with it. And quite frankly, everybody does it. Everybody has to do a job yeah. for free. Because you, somehow you have to get yeah. your foot in the door to do that better piece. And it's usually when you're kind of giving your time where you get that better piece. I do like some,
1: seeing some people get so riled up about it, though.
0: That's, yeah. that's fun. <laughs> it's usually the old guys that get riled up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The Tim Tatters. Yeah, I T- get,
1: Tim I, Tatter got real riled up when we brought it up. Yeah.
0: Remember that? Uh, yeah, he did.
1: That's that's an episode you can find on our channel. I YouTube get riled channel. up at times, but I'm an old guy. So There's not I'm a just... lot that doesn't get you riled up.
0: Oh, come on. I'm like one <laughs> of the most mellow dudes around.
1: <laughs> you are, but you get riled up so much. So, it's great. is
2: fun. What, what would you guys say is your, your biggest struggle with what you do?
0: Time. <laughs> Time. Yeah. Time. We we have so much going on. Um, it, It's just, it's hard because we've got, a, we have a great team behind us, but we have so many different things that we're wanting to accomplish. And uh, it's, there just are never enough hours I, in the day.
1: I think in the first three years for us, uh, we were making so much content that was paid for, and like we invested all of our time into making this, you know, documentary tutorial, doc tutorial that was paid for, and then we'd publish a few free parts. Like we were missing the whole. So
0: people free were paying.
2: Content.
1: Like how how is it being
2: paid
0: for? And buying yeah. it online. So Boom. yeah, yeah. So they, they the card baby buy after it, your site. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: So you buy it online, and you get you know twenty to twenty five hours almost a hundred videos of pre-production production and posts from like that photographer you look up to. So we weren't, we just didn't have enough time to make free content. So like when we really got to the end of 2016, we're like, you know, we need to, I mean, the whole success is kind of directly related to like giving free content away. And you know, that's part of the reason why we're doing this RGG EDU podcast. One, it's awesome meeting people. Like that's been the coolest part of this podcast. But two, it's just like we have to constantly be feeding the machine that needs free content that goes out there and it's SEO rich. People can find it, people can download it, people can interact with you because it's all about the seven points of contact, whether you're selling yourself or you're selling a product. You have to constantly, like how many, how many times have you seen like a Coca-Cola ad or like or a Pepsi ad? <laughs> 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 that Pepsi ad really, that <laughs> are we, we, nuts, not. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, but you know what I mean? It's just like seven, you have to constantly, you can either pay for it or you can make really content-rich, like, a valuable, like, like these podcasts, like hearing people's story. Like yeah, I was just like, man, I wish I would have had that, you know, 10 years right. ago. So, yeah. Yeah, so time, do you, do time you guys set,
2: like, goals for what you want to accomplish, or how do you, like, you say you don't have oh, enough yeah, time, no, so
0: what do you? Absolutely. We sit down and talk about what we want to do next year and, and how we're going to get there. Um, yeah, looking at one-year and three-year plans without question, we have to f- kind of figure out – Um what we want to accomplish so we can look at how we can put our team in place to get that stuff knocked out. Um, and we we definitely put pressure on our, on the guys that work for us but I think we we have such a good crew. They really right. How to many people
2: years. are with you guys currently? We've got we got
0: 8 right now but this summer we're taking on seven six, more.
1: Yeah, 6 or 7 interns are, are coming on this summer yeah. to do another um, a whole new platform of free content. So it's just like we're doubling down on what we think we can do with free content to push it out there, yeah. because it, it, I mean it, I mean a, lo- a lot of like uh, Trey Radcliffe, like gives away like ninety percent of his content, right. and like that's how we got to the point of like being like the HDR God and just like such right. a big force online. It's right. like you give away all your content and then sell ten percent of it. It's just like Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, right. jab 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 right, right, like all your content, give it away, give it away, give it away, then ask for the sale. I mean, there's like so many examples out there of the people that are doing it right. And you can just kind of read between the lines and say, you know, shit, there must be something to that. Yeah. This is true. So this podcast is one big scheme, everyone listening <laughs> to
0: <laughs> No, it's also super informative. They're learning a lot. It's uh, yeah, you can it's great fun. the value. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. Of course. So where do you want people to go to find out about you and your work and check out your cool videos? And, uh, and apply
1: to your company. <laughs> uh, just machouse.com.
0: MacHouse.com. All right, go check it out.
1: Are you MacHouse on all the social medias still? MacHouse Productions.
2: Mac trying House to get MacHouse. We just bought, I had MacHouse Productions domain for, you know, from the beginning. And then recently was able to buy the domain MacHouse. It was right. just sitting there. No, you know, it wasn't oh, nice. being used. Um, so I just messaged the guy a bunch and finally was able to buy it from him. Awesome. Um, but yeah, just MacHouse. My last name is Mac, so. All
0: right. That's, that's a Mac nice last name. It's like. a good one. Mac. Name. <laughs> well thank you so much for joining us we really enjoyed the conversation
1: yeah hopefully you guys got the nuggets you're looking for All yeah no it was good yeah pie definitely. holes everyone <laughs> everyone campaigned for pie holes they'd be the most delicious things because i don't want a whole piece it's not of pie work i don't mass. want a whole piece of pie i just want to would want a pie hole I want a delicious you know
0: it's a pie pocket we well, it, it, it could be both they could be
1: both why can't they be both
0: ridiculous wrap us up
1: <laughs> to download this podcast and the entire season four at nab with filmmakers make sure to go to rggedu com. click on season four and you'll have all the all the podcasts all the goodies all the podcasts all the you can goodies. binge them all at once you can also subscribe <laughs> to us where we drop a free episode every wednesday on itunes
0: hump google day. on hump day yeah
1: and not you think that's why I picked Wednesday? Because it's my favorite day of the week. Of, of day. course, yeah.
0: Why? <laughs> yeah. You didn't realize that? Oh uh, yeah,
1: it coincidences. Right. My inner, my inner subconscious. subconscious yeah, loves Day. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Keep yeah. going. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And there's a few other platforms: MySpace and
0: there's, there's Stitcher, and- there's SoundCloud, yeah. MySpace. MySpace is, is the new one. MySpace. <laughs> All right. Thanks again. Thanks. Yeah, we again. appreciate it. Well, that was educational. I don't know if the Maces at the Citadel would approve, with all the drinking and swearing and whatnot. This podcast is brought to you by Siconic makers of a complete range of photo and cine light readers for professionals and passionate amateurs who care about the craft of photography. Siconic meters help you get it right in camera, so you can save time in post-production, which will let you focus on improving and being more creative. Head over to Siconic.com for more information about how their products can help you be a better photographer every day.